I'm Brian Sudbrink, and you're listening to the Layman's Bible Podcast. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Willingness and obedience will result in forgiveness, while resistance and rebellion will result in death. An excerpt from Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. And review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. Isaiah 43, 26. In episode 7, God in his role as judge was discussed. And in episode 8, the topic of justice was introduced. And recall that in episode 7, a judge was defined as an official with authority to administer justice by trying cases. While in episode 8, justice was defined as the use of authority to uphold what is right, fair, and lawful. In this episode, we're going to begin to explore the charges that God brings against his people, Israel. Now, much of the book of Isaiah uh, covers various charges, and not just against Israel and Judah, but uh, all the nations and even all the world. But in this episode, we're going to cover the charges that God lays out for his people. Now, this isn't going to be an exhaustive list, but I hope that it will be a very thorough one to, to present. So to begin with, let's start with the charges that are specifically in relation to God. Now, God points out in chapter 1 that the people have forsaken God. And this is a pretty encompassing term. So let's break this down into uh, further categories of charges first one, let's talk about how God says that the people have rejected him. He points out that they don't know God. So God should be someone that is familiar to them, someone that they have a relationship with, but they are behaving in such a way that they don't know him. He also tells them that they have denied him, and they do not remember his deeds, so all the things that he has done for them as a nation in the past have been forgotten. He points out that they disregard his commandments and even rebel against him, so they do not submit to his authority. He points out that they will not even listen to him. They won't even, uh, they won't even give him the time of day. He also points out that they don't even care about what is important to him. So numerous times throughout Isaiah, he points out those who are in need and that he cares for these uh, groups of people, but the, the people of Israel have no regard for the needy. God even goes so far as to say that his people are destroying and even trampling on what is God, his courts, his temple, things that he has set up for his name. And he also points out that the people are even hiding from him. And despite him trying to pursue them and bring them back, they are refusing to return to him or seek him. Now, these all 
are the details of uh, the people rejecting God, but he also brings a series of charges about the people trying to replace God. So in chapter 1, he calls them unfaithful and even describes them metaphorically as prostitutes. In chapter 2, he points out that they are embracing pagan customs, which he commanded them not to do in the Mosaic Law, and some of these pagan customs that he uh, expands upon are that they have superstitions, they are involved in divinations, and they create and worship idols. So not only are they rejecting him, they're trying to replace him. Uh, third is that uh, in my opinion, the people are trying to use or manipulate God, and uh, I point this out because uh, in chapter 29, God calls the people's worship empty. In chapter 1, he kind of expands on this idea in that he points out that their uh, offerings are meaningless, their assemblies are worthless, and their prayers are also worthless, and so if you think about the fact that they're rejecting him, they refuse to listen to him, they disregard his commandments, and they even try to replace him, why would they even bother with worship or offerings or assemblies or prayers to fellowship with God in any way? And I, my thought is that they are trying to use or manipulate God. I also say this because in episode 9, uh, one of the topics that was discussed was uh, magic and the topic of religion, and those two things were very intertwined, and one of the issues that God takes with the use of magic is that in those days, magic was about the agenda of the person trying to use it. It was, it was about them and what they wanted, and they were trying to use or manipulate a power to do their own will. So, uh, continuing on, the last one that I will uh, touch on in relation to God is that the people are trusting in uh, man's power and ability rather than God's. Uh, so, God points out that they are trusting in mere humans. So, in the case of later on where the nations are in trouble, um, either due to the Assyrians or the Babylonians. They are trusting in foreign nations to create an alliance with them in hopes that that will save them, uh, rather than coming to God and seeking him and his help and his deliverance. And he even goes so far as to saying that they make a, a lie and falsehood their hiding place and their refuge. And so... When we look at these uh, common threads that they're forsaking God, they're rejecting God, they're replacing God, they're using him and trusting in other people rather than God, uh, one analogy that I think is close, although not perfect, is, you know, if you were married and you had that relationship, that marriage for a long time, and then all of a sudden your spouse divorces you and just straight up abandons you, rejects you, even goes to try and replace you. The only time that they try to interact with you is if they want something or they try to use you. And 
um, you know, they don't want anything to do with you unless they stand to benefit and only them. And I think that's the kind of language God is using. And so it's very easy to see why God is upset with the people because it's not just a very surface level uh, problem. It's a very deep seated issue. So the next uh, section that I will try to cover is God's charges in relation to their fellow man. And I will break this down into four different categories that I try to summarize it into. And the first one is that the people are practicing falsehood. In other words, not only are they rejecting God, but they are leading others astray. They're encouraging others to do the same. And in addition to this, they're deceiving each other, they're distorting the truth, they speak folly and falsehood, they mock each other, and they even give false testimony. Uh, the second category is that the people are violent, so they are rising up against each other, they are called brawlers, they are noted to be ruthless, there is talk of bloodshed, and they are called murderers. So there is great acts of violence towards each other. And in addition to this, God also points out that the people are simply seeking their own pleasure and selfish gain. They're described as revelers, they are called drunks, they chase after gifts and accept bribes, they are called greedy, they are partnering with thieves to steal from others, and they are even going so far as to extort the needy and the helpless, so they're not, they're not carrying out justice, that they are abusing it, and even the power and authority that some of them are given, they are abusing that. And uh, we see this uh, played out in the final category that I will bring up, is that the people are practicing injustice, and again, they are abusing their power because God points out that they are making unjust laws, they are issuing oppressive decrees, and they are even acquitting the guilty while uh, denying um, the basic human rights to those who are in need and can't help themselves. And again, they are uh, they are oppressing each other, and they specifically continue to tar target the needy and the helpless. And so we see a very deep-seated issue in regards to their relationship with their fellow man and not just God. And the last category that I wanted to cover is are charges that I'm just calling a condition of the heart. Uh, several times God points out that the people are evil, they are wicked, they are sinful, ungodly, corrupt, and even tainted. He points out in one passage that they have an eye for evil, and they even parade their sin. So not only are they doing what is evil, but they seek it out, and they're even proud of it. They celebrate it, and another common theme that uh, God brings up multiple times is the issue of pride. He, he talks about how the people have become prideful and arrogant, and then he even describes them as being filthy, and uh, this in regards to being morally filthy. And so, now I bring all these charges up and uh, try to summarize it 
But what is interesting is when you go and take an, another look after going through all of these charges and you consider Jesus's response to what is the greatest commandment, and he talks about, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And what's interesting is that all these charges God lays out is basically summed up in those two commandments. They are the opposite. When you love God and you love your neighbor, all these charges go away because they are not going to happen. And so, again, this is a very deep-seated issue that has building up over several generations. And God is kind of at, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, God is at his breaking point. He's, he's had enough. And so these are very serious charges that God is bringing against his people. If you have questions or comments about today's episode, or even just want to say hello, feel free to email me at laymansbiblepodcast at gmail.com. That's laymansbiblepodcast at gmail.com.